It's really the whole range of different things that we can use by just adopting light in a very smart way. One of the things, for instance, we are now focusing on is light as an intellectual language. For instance, Li-Fi, so it's Wi-Fi using light, which is highly secure because with Wi-Fi, when you're just outside of the room, you can still get the signal. With light, you have to be within that proximity. From a gender diversity point of view, we have set a target that for all the people we recruit, at least 50% has to be female. You also need to give people the possibility to fail one time for a given topic. And I think you only get innovation and new things if you allow people to go outside of their comfort zone. If it doesn't add value, automate it and focus on the things that really make a difference. This is CRNA TV. My name is Hendrik Dekkers. I'm here today with Kurt de Ruwe, who is the Chief Information Officer uh, of Signify. A very warm welcome, Kurt. Thank you, Hendrik. Kurt, you have a Master uh, in Economics from the University of Antwerp. You started your career 30 years ago. Uh, 22 uh, years you worked in the chemical industry for companies such as ExxonMobil, ICI, Huntsman, Biomaterial Science. And then you joined in 2013 Philips Lighting, that then later was rebranded into Signify uh, as the global CIO. Uh, so Kurt, in a nutshell, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and how did you arrive in this uh, position as CIO? Well, if you look, uh, I often say <clears throat> the CIO is something that happened along the way. Um, I have the economical uh, background, the economical studies, because I have a specialization in quantitative economics. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was at, at, uh, at Mobile that um, basically I joined as a financial analyst. And as a financial analyst, you had to spend six months in IT, learning the systems, learning how to get data out of the systems. And then there was a reorganization, I got stuck in IT and I was like, do you want to learn? And I started learning things and, and I liked it and that's basically how I got into IT. Uh, a career by accident. A career by accident and I liked it and apparently I knew, yeah, it was, was good what I was doing and mm -hmm. I just, just, just evolved. Um, okay. And so for those of us who don't know Signify, uh, can you explain a little bit what this, uh, what the company does? What are the different business units? How big is it? And, uh, and what is it that Signify is really, really good at? So Signify is the market leader in lighting. Uh, we were already the number one in conventional lighting. We are the number one uh, now in, in, in the more uh, LED world. Uh, so basically, uh, <clears throat> we have digital products, but we also have digital solutions and, and services. Uh, we are a global player. We have uh, 22,000 uh, white core employees, around 35,000 employees uh, in, in total. Yeah. Uh, you really can find us yeah, in, in, in nearly every uh, company. Uh, and we both focus on the consumer market, like with the Hue, uh, yeah. but also uh, professional with, with what we call our interact offering, uh, where you find uh, in, in, in shops, in offices, uh, we have street lighting. So we have a whole range of, uh, of different solutions. Yeah. Uh, now, lighting used to be a little bit of boring business, I can imagine. It was bulbs and, and street lights. But this has evolved um, immensely uh, the last couple of years. Um, so, so what are the latest innovations in light that, that uh, Signify is working on? 
Well, with lighting becoming, or with LED, basically lighting became digital. Yeah. And that has totally changed uh, yeah, a lot of things. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things, for instance, we are now focusing on is that, that light as an intellectual uh, language. Mm -hmm. Because you can, light can communicate. As an individual, you cannot see it, but light can, can communicate. Uh, there's a whole range of, of applications that, that are possible. For instance, when you park your car, just through the light, basically your phone knows where, where the light is and then, then uh, you can find it back. Uh, in the office, you can, the light can, can interact with the mobile phone. You can change the tonality and, and things like that. Um, we also have a, an, an offering called Li-Fi, so it's Wi-Fi using light, okay. uh, which is high, highly secure because like with Wi-Fi, when you're just outside of the room, you can still get the signal. With light, you have to be within that proximity. Mm -hmm. So it, it's really the, 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 yeah, a whole range of, 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 of different things that, uh, that we, we can use. By, by just adopting light in a very smart way. Yeah. So since light has become digital, it's really a, a, a great place to innovate and, uh, and so new applications uh, emerge uh, every, every year, I would say. Now, let's talk a little bit about um, the 65 business. Uh, so I can imagine that there's competitors on the market, there's market trends that change all the time. What are the, the most important uh, drivers uh, for change in, in your industry today? So I think first of all, if you look at the competitive landscape, um, if you look at the top five of conventional lighting, several companies no longer exist. Okay. So we were market leader at the time, we are still market leader today. So we really have gone uh, through, through all the innovations. So that, that is, a, is a key role. I think also if you look at the demographics and aging uh, population, mm -hmm. that is, is changing uh, some of the things. Okay. And then the whole digitization in the world. Mm -hmm. So that there's all kinds of, of <clears throat> uh, opportunities that, uh, for instance, that brings. So that those are the macroeconomic uh, things. We, we also have climate change. Yeah. Uh, so for instance, we are 100% carbon neutral. Already? So which uh, already, yes. Yeah, so that was uh, really a key, uh, a key focal point. Mm -hmm. Um, we, we also have programs, so for instance, we uh, have sold 2 billion LED lamps. Uh, that's the equivalent of, of the, the CO saving of 23 million cars. And, and so, so we yeah, play, play an important role also in, in, mm -hmm. in those type of areas. So. Okay, so a lot of drivers for change. And so how does a, a big company for, uh, like Signify, how do you reinvent yourself? Because that's what needs to happen. What, are, what is the culture? What is the, 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 the disparity approach to innovation in, uh, in your organization? Yeah, so there, there's a continuous focus on, on, on trying new things, also setting trends, um, trying out things. Uh, so for instance, we, we also have a, a venture approach where we, we try, like Li-Fi was a, was a venture. Uh, and then when it grows, basically it turns in, into a, a real business. So uh, I think also with, with what we do, we generate a lot of data. So then a lot of IoT data. Yeah. How do you use that then again uh, to create insights and then again to do uh, new things uh, with it. And it's continuously looking at, at new propositions. Uh. Okay, and what is the role of, of, of your team of IT? in this innovation and in reinventing uh, the, the business of Signify? Well, we have, uh, of course, 
a lot of the things we do need IT. So, so both the, the <coughs> a lot of the R&D processes need IT. Um, and then also, yeah, when products are first developed, you need IT. All the way to when it then and the whole production and, and distribution and, and, and the, the order entry. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but if you look at, at more, more there, there's, I think also with, with Corona, <clears throat> we have seen an acceleration in a lot of digital things, also the online work. Mm -hmm. So it's really, I think, m making sure that, that we can provide the right solutions. Um, and in those solutions, we, see, we also see, I think, much more focus on, on user experience. Uh, both in an, an end consumer world yep. as in in a, a B2B world. So so in a way, uh, yeah, you could say my team touches many different uh, points from uh, allowing people to work simply by the laptop, the, the, the ERP, uh, all the way to the advanced analytics, the, the, the machine learning, the artificial intelligence that we have. Um, yeah. Okay. Now, you also told me that um, you recently did a big acquisition. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what the impact was on, uh, on IT for that? Yeah, so we, um, in February last year, we, we acquired uh, Cooper Lighting. <clears throat> so um, it's a one and a half billion, uh, mainly US-focused uh, company. They have 24 locations. Uh, so they're, they're complementary in terms of, of, uh, of offerings. Um, and yeah, we as IT basically we've been focusing on the integration. Now the acquisition happened just before Corona hit us. So so basically, I think it was on the 11th of March, we sent 10,000 people home, uh, home <laughs> uh, which actually worked very well. But maybe you can can come back to that. But so we we had to do an acquisition, uh, not having been able to visit. Yeah. Uh, a lot was remote. Uh, also, with the mother company, we only had not a lot of contact with. Um, and, and yeah, I think if you look at it, we were, um, the aim is to be totally out of the TSA by, by June, end of June. Mm -hmm. uh, from a site migration point of view, we are, I would say, 60% done. Uh, and now in, in, in two weekends time, we uh, start one of the biggest things we will do. Mm -hmm. Uh, so we will carve out the Cooper out of the uh, Eaton SAP system. We will copy it in pieces from the US to our data center in Frankfurt, where we will then build up a dedicated Cooper system. And at the same time, we'll connect 40 other applications to it. Um, and we have four days to do that. So uh, it's, it's, um, we've done many, many challenging things, but this is again a different type of, 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 of animal. Mainly because, yeah, you, you can't meet. In normal circumstances, we probably would have had 30, 40 people in the US and, and teams here and there. Yeah. Now everything is virtual. We have people in four locations. Uh, everything is virtual, but, but uh, we have really adopted to, to, to being able to do this. So. Mm -hmm. Okay, so a big carve out in the middle of a crisis, completely remote. Uh, and, and this was like on 20 sites, uh, 40 different supporting systems and so on. That's, uh, so fingers crossed that uh, goes Fingers up. crossed for, for what? Well, but um, I actually had a meeting this morning and the team said we're almost ready. Okay. Which in a way is concerning because you can't feel too comfortable because yeah, there's, if you look just at the run book, mm -hmm. it's thousands and thousands of activities that need to happen. But yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's a challenging time, I can, I can imagine. And, and, and I mean, it's exciting at the same time. Many things are changing, acquisitions, 
new products, uh, the corona crisis, so a lot of things are changing uh, in, in IT as well. Um, so let's talk a little bit about our business. All our businesses need to reinvent themselves. Um, and one of the things that we need to do for that is reinvent, uh, reorganize the way that we work. And so I would like to talk uh, with you about three different aspects of that. One is on um, the workplace, how the workplace, the role of the workplace today and in the future. One of the workforce, your, your people, uh, where are they, how do we organize them, uh, how do they work and so on. And then one on workflow and how we automate our workflows. So let's start with workplace. I mean, the corona crisis has accelerated uh, the, the change that was step-by-step step happening there. How do you see uh, your teams working today and in the future? What is the role of the workplace, the home office, the, the real office? What is your vision and the company's vision on that uh, today? So, so maybe already when we uh, split from, from Royal Philips, uh, one of the key concepts was not to have a wide area network. Mm -hmm. So already at the time, we, we wanted to create a fully internet-facing uh, company. Mm -hmm. and, and this is also something that, uh, that we did. So when the, the leadership team said, we're gonna, everybody has to go and, and work from home, that transition went, went really smooth because most of our applications simply were ready to work that way. Yeah. Now, of course, <clears throat> it's a big difference Okay, it's already good that the IT works, but then I think the, 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 the whole interaction. Um, so um, we had just, just uh, introduced Teams, so Teams was really a, a big help in, in, in being able to do that. But then we also, for the IT team, for instance, we, we introduced Yammer to, to, to make sure that people could uh, engage and, and, and stay uh, social. Uh, we, we organized virtual coffee corners, so there's a lot of things that we try to do to compensate for the fact that you don't meet anymore face-to-face. Uh, yeah. -face. And does the Yammer work uh, well in, in your organization? Yeah, so Yammer works. So um, we first started with IT uh, and, and uh, EIM, so Enterprise Information Management. Then we added uh, about 3,000 people for the supply chain. Uh, and actually now, next week, we will launch Yammer for the whole company. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we, we did it in, in a number of steps, but it's a different type of, of, of engagement. Mm -hmm. uh, for instance, we have the virtual coffee corner where we ask people to share things more personal. Uh, so when <clears throat> everybody was going home, we ask, hey, show a picture of, of your office or what do you see? And, and then we had, a, oh, show us your dog or your cat, which you could say, yeah, well, what, what does that have to do with business? But um, what, what I have seen with, with people working uh, remote is that everything becomes really functional. I have a meeting and we will talk about that and the next meeting we will talk about that. So the, the, <clears throat> the occasional chit-chat, which often leads to new ideas, yeah. is, is, is gone. Yeah. So we have tried to, to, I will not say compensate, but we have tried to make sure that, 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 that we have that. Uh, for instance, one of the things we also had was virtual pub quiz. Mm -hmm. So it's um, every two weeks, there, <clears throat> there's a, a team that, that people can join. And then you just join at, at 6.30 with a beer. We just talk about something that is not necessarily business related. It could be business related or not. Yeah. Uh, we also have done quizzes, which is again something sometimes you go, 
Um, yeah, after work you go for a drink. It was again to, uh, to, yeah. to, to compensate for that. So that's how we have survived. All of us were working remote from home. We're, we're getting vaccinated right now. So um, this, hopefully this problem will get under control and, and we're gonna uh, go back to a more normal way of working. But I think we're not gonna go back to the same situation. So what is your vision? How do you see your teams working in the, in, in the future? Uh, <clears throat> it's actually funny that, that you mentioned that now because we had a, um, a meeting not, not uh, just a few days ago where we talked about how sh what should we do to, to make sure that we change the office to give the things that people are now used to by working at home. Mm -hmm. and, and it's really a thing um, that, that, yeah, um, so we already had open offices and, and, and those type of things. Now, um, Will, it, will we go to, to working the same or not? I think in, in step one, and we already had that for a short period of time, is that we have A and B teams. Mm -hmm. So we want to bring uh, people back uh, to the office because we truly believe that the interaction is something that needs to, to happen and, and uh, also adds a lot of value. Yeah. Yes, you can have a day where you only have remote uh, meetings and that can go via Teams, but, but, but we really want to bring people back to the office. Now, <clears throat> one of the challenges that, that you have is that with people working at home, everybody is the same. And so we, we had teams, in, for instance, in the Netherlands, and then often people from Bangalore join or people from the US join. But there's always a location where you have the majority of the people yeah. and the others just feel like, hey, yeah, we're They're the guests. We're the guests. Yeah. Now with working at home, everybody was the same. So we need to make sure that, that, that these are things that, that we can keep on having. Uh, so for instance, um, uh, what we have done is, is uh, we have the Microsoft Surface Hubs, mm -hmm. which we, we bought now a few mobile ones, where we really want to keep on encouraging uh, having the, the different setups. So, so not the, I sit at a big long table with one camera in the front, but more we stand around the screen, the others stand around the screen, so we're thinking about yeah, different concepts of making sure that the collaboration across locations resembles a bit on what we experience today. Okay. Do you think that augmented reality, virtual reality will <coughs> be playing a role in that in the future and the way that we meet and collaborate? Um, I think augmented reality in our customer offerings, yes. And, and we're already looking at that. Mm -hmm. um, for instance, that you take a picture of home and, and through a, a, a reality glasses, you can, can see what the light does in, in your living room. But really, <clears throat> those type of technologies for the more office type of work, maybe, but I don't see the, the, don't the use cases no. yet, but yeah. We don't see hologram meetings yet. No, uh, not yet, not yet, no. That would be nice just to say, hey, you're, hey, you're here as a hologram and, and you're, I don't know, 2,000 kilometers somewhere else. Well, a hologram is light, no? Is yeah, that, yes, uh, also. So, yes, yes, yes. So yes. maybe that's something for Signify to, yeah, to, look at, um, to come out with. So, um, so the workplace is, 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 is going to change. It's going to be a place where we get to, uh, together and to collaborate. Yeah. And, 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 but still, we're going to work from home uh, for, for quite some well, percentage so, as well, I think. No? <clears throat> Somebody said is that, that in a way the office should become a clubhouse where people like to go, where people enjoy going. Yeah. Um, because it's true that working at home has some advantages. So we need to make sure that when we bring people back to the office, 
that we have those things there there uh, as well and and um i think it will take some time before we have the the, the new normal or we're back to normal whatever yeah. it will be um i think some people will will prefer that that for certain activities continue to work for home mm-hmm. and then i think we as an organization <coughs> need to look at at how to best uh, accommodate for that yeah. um, now what you just mentioned location has become almost irrelevant nowadays eh? where you are so that means that you can just as well work with people in Bangalore in the US. I mean, time zones are still a thing, of course, but but collaboration, international collaboration, everybody is at the same distance from each from each other. Um, so, what is the? How do you see your workforce, your team uh, in, in 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 Signify in general and in IT? What are the changes that you're making in your workforce? So we, um, <clears throat> as, as Signify, we're currently going to uh, an. an um Basically, we want to have leaner central functions. Mm-hmm. So every function is, is looking at, at what that means. <coughs> so for, uh, <coughs> uh, for IT, what we have done is um, we have decided to change the whole organization in an agile DevOps mm-hmm. uh, organization. And so today we have the traditional, we have operations, we have delivery, we have other functions. We will put it all together um, in, in um, yeah, six functional tribes, a technology tribe and uh, a transformation tribe. Um, and, and in doing that, we will also basically um, replace 35% of the workforce. Okay. So it's really a, a, a radical change. Uh, we have done some, some pilots, we have done some prototypes. <coughs> we believe it's the right way to go. Um, now, also, uh, in, in the demand of the optimization for the cost reductions, we will do it quite fast. So, basically, in six months' time, we want to uh, transfer from how we're organized today to, uh, to the new model. Uh, we're currently in, in the process with the work council, so we, we expect to get their advice in, in the next few weeks. Yep. And then, hopefully, from May onwards, we can start the, the, the whole transition. But it, it's quite, a radical, quite radical, because we, we are already used to working agile. Not everywhere. We we also have still waterfall, but then within the waterfall where we can work agile, we work agile. Moving to DevOps is really the the, the next big step, um, where we uh, yeah just just want to be able to create more value uh, and also have have much more focus on things that add value rather than doing the routine things. And and I think that's also maybe to the topic we will come back to is that. If it doesn't add value, automate it and focus on the things that, that, that really make a difference. And, and again, that will take some time before we have the full efficiency. But that's a big a big change that, uh, that we're working on. So you have a big tr- transformation of, of, uh, of, of the workforce uh, program going on that's going to get started uh, very soon. That also means that you will have more people that work remotely, more people from, from Bangalore, I understand, and, or from other international locations. So we, we have chosen three locations. So we have Bangalore, uh, we have Poland, Piwa, and then we have two locations in, in Mexico. So those are the three hubs. Today we already have people there, uh, but we will simply will, um, so globally we will uh, add 155 um, yeah, new positions in those locations. Okay. And the, on the other hand, then we will take out in total around 180 positions 
in, in, in other locations. So there's a net reduction of 30, mm -hmm. but we are replacing more than 35% than of our workforce. Wow. So that means that you're getting more, even more international, your team becomes more international. So I can imagine collaboration across cultures is a, is a big thing, but that's a learning that you have already gone through then, or is that still an, a challenge for you to, to have Mexicans and people from Holland and from Poland and from Mangalore work together? This is something we already have. Mm -hmm. um, um, I think we have a, a very big international footprint. Mm -hmm. uh, I think you also know the, the, yeah, when you talk to an American or you talk to an, an somebody in India or, or there, there's, there's some different things you, you, you do. Uh, I actually interviewed somebody this morning for a position in my management team. And uh, it's like Indian people have these 20 letter uh, uh, names, but then they do abbreviations and it, it's very important to get it right. Um, because the abbreviation does not always resemble the name. So, so I think it's also the respect of, of making sure that, that you call people with the name they want to be called that. And, and yeah. so these are, are just, yeah, you can make a mistake, but that mistake you only make once because you quickly learn what, what some of the, uh, the habits are. I think what, what is really important is then when do you have the meetings? Mm -hmm. Because for instance, uh, I, I rarely have a one global meeting. So every month I have community call, but I have two. I have one in the morning, I have one in the afternoon. Uh, because otherwise you force people in the US to be there at 6 a.m. and you force people in, in Asia to still be awake at, at 10 p.m. Yeah. Um, now, if you do that occasionally, it's okay, but you should not make that a routine that, that you also acknowledge the time zones. And, and especially if you then in the US work with people in California, it's even worse because then you have nine or even 10 hours when, uh, when the time zone or the time changes for a few weeks. Yeah. Uh, so it's really important to, to keep that in mind. Um. Do you also take the opportunity, um, because your team is already very diverse from culture and languages and so on, do you also take the opportunity to, um, to build in more diversity from, I don't know, uh, the, um, the background of people in, in what they studied? Or are you going after all engineers? Are you going also in more gender diversity? What's, what's the, the vision there? Yeah, so from a, um, a gender diversity point of view, we have set a target that uh, for all the people we recruit, at least 50% has to be female. Okay. In IT? In IT. Oh. So we are working with recruitment agencies and they have said, this is a really a difficult target. I said, look, this is what we want to do. Yeah. Uh, so I also have said is that for a number of positions, I always want to have male and female as candidates. Um, we are not making it ourselves easy mm -hmm. uh, because the, there are a number of, of for, take for instance security. If you have a security profile, it's very likely that if you have 100 people, 99 will be male. Um, but we just, just recruited a female, so there are females also in, 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 in security. Yeah. So that's definitely something <coughs> we want to do. And cultural diversity we have, yeah. because we have people in, in Bangalore, we have people in Mexico, in Poland, in the Netherlands, some Belgian people. But, but you're, all, you're recruiting mainly engineers or you're, I mean, you're going after different types no, of No, no, it's, it's different types. Uh, I think if, if you look, uh, recruit people, that in the, the digital front-end world, it's more creative people. Uh, if you want to have people 
uh, to create your websites. The Adobe, uh, the Adobe world is different than, than for instance, somebody uh, that can implement um, a, a PLM or system or, or yeah. a um, yeah, manufacturing system. Uh, okay. <coughs> so we have very specific uh, job profiles. Um, we have also, as mentioned, also an interesting thing. Um, we have looked at the job profiles that when a female reads them, that they're not getting an advert. So there are certain words that, that female candidates don't like. So don't everything has been screened <laughs> to make sure that we make it in a, in a certain gender neutral. Yeah. Uh, to, to also not just by, by the text, basically only getting uh, male. So we, yeah, we really have a lot of focus on, 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 on diversity uh, for the moment. So we talked about workplace, the role of work workplaces uh, is changing completely. You're changing your workforce for 35% uh, international uh, and, uh, and, and so on. Let's talk about workflow, the third dimension of, uh, of work. And, and how I think we're in a new phase of, uh, of automation. How we are now going into, um, in, into new, um, new domains uh, of RPA, low-code, no-code, citizen development, software robots, and, and so on. Let's talk about that. What is your vision in general on, on this next phase of automation that's going on? Well, I think <clears throat> also here um, on some things we already started uh, a, a few years ago, but it, it's really, um, in a way, what I said is that if it doesn't add value, automate it and let your people focus on the things that, that, that add value. Uh, for instance, we, we started with chatbots more than three years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, the first chatbot that we had was for password resets for SAP. Very simple. We have 36,000 password resets per year. Typically, the, the, the person could not work for half a day. You have to do a ticket. Somebody has to look at it. Somebody has to contact the person via the chatbot. Uh, the chatbot is linked to Active Directory, so the chatbot knows who you are. You say, I want to reset my SAP password. The, the chatbot asks which system. Yeah. You indicate the system, and two minutes later, you can work. So that was the first one. It was really, I think, within a few months, we had more than 95% of, of all passwords were reset by chatbots. And, and today, we have more than 20 chatbots. Um, also, you could say automating or facilitating some of, 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 uh, of the work. Uh, for instance, if you want to know the status of an invoice, you just go to the chatbot, you type in the invoice number, and the chatbot says it's paid or it's scheduled to be paid. So, so these are things that, uh, that we have been doing. Uh, with regards to RPA, I think we structurally started with, with really RPA yeah, a little bit more than a year ago. Mm -hmm. um, the challenge with RPA is that what will you automate? Yeah. Because <clears throat> our two ERPs conceptually are 25 years old, so there's been quite some changes. So um, there's quite some complexity. Do you automate the complexity, or do you first, um, yeah, deal with the complexity and make it more streamlined? Because I, I sometimes compare that if you have a, a spaghetti with RPA, you can put a, a thick layer of sauce. You will not see the spaghetti anymore, but the spaghetti is still there. Yeah. Uh, so I'm more a fan of, of, of um, yeah, uh, streamlining processes before you automate, but, but um, we have about, <clears throat> I think, 20 uh, RPA cases that we have implemented and, and we really want to do some more. 
So what, one of the things we're doing in that area is really process mining. Okay. Because you have how processes are designed and then what people do. Mm -hmm. And that's often not the same. Okay. And um, with the process mining tools, <coughs> you really get a, also a graphical view of the complexity. And you get indications of where RPA um, really can have an, an, an impact or RPA combined with chatbot or RPA combined with workflow. Okay. So I don't think, I think you need to see it more in, in combination than, than every aspect uh, standalone. So you're actively looking for where are the, the biggest gains to be, uh, to be created or to be made with, uh, with automation tools, with, yeah. with software robots. Yes. Okay. And where do you, um, what are Insignify for you, the, the outside of IT, the most important domains where you think that, that, um, that uh, this process automation uh, can gain from? Well, currently we are mainly looking at, at, at finance. Okay. Um, I think also understanding why certain things happen the way they happen. Mm -hmm. <coughs> and uh, we have some cases in, in, uh, in, in supply chain as well. Okay. Yeah. Good. What, what are the tools that you're using for that today? So for, for RPA, we use a UiPath. Mm -hmm. um, we also uh, basically design more for the, the individual user uh, starter with the uh, Power Automate uh, platform from, from Microsoft. We started with that uh, a few months ago. Okay. Um, so these are the small things. It's the automation of 10 minutes here, five minutes there. But if 20,000 people do it, it's again, it's a lot of time yeah. that, uh, that, that, that you free up. Uh, so you believe in the concept that these tools are going to free our employees of the, the, the repetitive, the boring tasks so that they can focus more on the creative and the, the value add uh, stuff? Yeah. So that's what we would like to achieve. Mm -hmm. um, I think Yammer also plays an important role because Yammer is a great, great platform of, of sharing information. Mm -hmm. That Hey, I've done this. It saves me 15 minutes per day. And then somebody else can say, oh, can I copy it? And then before you know, two, three hundred people use it. Or, or um, So, so yeah, it, it's really taking the, the, the intellectual power of the whole organization to see what we can, can, uh, can automate and, and eliminate. Uh, yeah. Do you also see a future for um, adding artificial intelligence, machine learning on top of, of, of this uh, RPA and, and have that work together so that robots become more uh, intelligent as well? Um, so uh, AI and, and certainly the machine learning, for instance, we already have on the chatbots. Mm -hmm. So there since a few years, because um, I think when, when we started really rolling out the chatbots, we had about 20% of the interaction that didn't lead to a result. Uh, today, that's less than, than 4%. So their machine learning plays uh, uh, really yep. an important role. Uh, and then, yeah, it's, it's also some of the tools. So for instance, we're rolling out uh, IBP. Uh, so, so to do planning inventory management. And there, there's a lot of intelligence now in, in, in those new tools as well, mm -hmm. where you really see over a very short period of time, if people interact in the right way, yep. what the benefits are. Now we're seeing um, potentially a, a big new wave of, of what is now called citizen development uh, with RPA tools, low-code tools, no-code tools, where business users are becoming more independent uh, of IT. Uh, a couple of years ago, we would call that shadow IT. What, what's your vision of that? Are you afraid of that or uh, how, how are you going to manage that? Um, 
I wouldn't say afraid. I think it's it's a good opportunity, but you need to to provide a, a certain framework mm -hmm. uh, because also you have to make sure that from a security point of view, you don't allow users to do things stepping outside of the boundaries. Uh, yep. um, that's when we just just started using the Microsoft um, products. It was like, oh, we have to do some additional things here and there to to keep it uh, uh, secure, but but. I think that the, the biggest challenge is it's a bit like creating macros in Excel. Mm -hmm. If if you you use those things for business critical processes, then it becomes you could say dangerous. Yeah. Because then you fully depend on the one person knowing how that things work. So this is what we should avoid. Uh, but I think automating what you do in Outlook or or or, or uh, simple things, it, it's to how to create a PDF from a, a Word document. Mm -hmm. That's an activity that happens a lot. For instance, somebody just said, if I put the Word document in that directory, then in that directory I get the PDF version. These are simple things that, that, that just save, save time. They will not save many years, but yep. that, that's what I said. If, if multiple people do this, you still have a big, big saving. Do you also see more... Um customer-facing applications for this? Um, more, I don't know, B2C kind of applications for this? Yeah, so for instance, in the, uh, we have the Hue. The Hue is, is, is lighting for at home um, that you can control via an app on your phone. So in the app, we have a chatbot, but the chatbot only uh, activates when you have tried to do a few things. For instance, when you have tried to add uh, a light and it doesn't work and you try again, then it will say, hey, can I help you? And then it will guide you through. Yeah. Um, so this is, is one of the things uh, we did a few years And what's your chatbot called? Uh, and, uh... Uh, our chatbot is called Thea. Thea. Um, it's, always, it's, um, it's always a nice female, right? It's female, yeah, female. That, that's where knowledge is female. Uh, we had many debates on the name. Okay. Uh, but the image we use is a robot. So we have not, because you can also have robots that look like human beings. So we, we always made a big differentiation between you're talking to a chatbot or you're talking to a person. Okay, yeah. And of course, what we also have is, is, for instance, in the case of the hue, when after a while you get stuck, then it's like, hey, do you... And then the, the bot will say itself because it, it, it has the intelligence of saying, hey, we tried this a few times. Do you want to talk to a person? Or, or And then basically there's a transfer okay. that then a real person takes over the, the chat, so the person sees everything that has been done, and then the, the, the person on the app can, can chat with a real person. Uh. So let's talk about your IT team. You, I know that you're making uh, a lot of changes, uh, and, and you're going from a more traditional organization form to a more product, uh, product organization, is that correct? Where you have six different units, uh, supporting different business units. Explain that a bit more, please. No, so the, the so we're going from traditional to what, what is called tribe. <clears throat> so the way we organize is that we have uh, we, we follow the processes. So so I to M, which is the whole innovation research, is a tribe. Then we have two tribes for the the uh, M to O market to order, <clears throat> where we have one um, more on on the front end, the websites. And those something, and then the second one is more on the sales. So, so the, the the web shops, the portals, and those type of things. So those are our two tribes for that. Then for order to cash, we have two tribes. We have a commercial tribe and we have an industrial tribe. The industrial tribe is then more for the the the, the factories. 
uh, and then we have a, a technology tribe. So that's that's basically uh, so and and an enabling tribe. An enabling tribe looks at at all the functions. Can you expl explain the technology and the enabling tribe? So the the, <coughs> the enabling tribe is 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 for finance, for legal, for real estate, uh, for procurement, because they also have have a whole range of tools that yeah. uh, that they have. Uh, the technology tribe is is basically uh, when in, in in the DevOps a number of operational activities are done in the tribes or in the squads. But then, for instance, we have the network, we have the data center, uh, we have the office environment that is still in, in, uh, in the technology tribe. Okay. Let's talk a bit more about technology. Um, I understand that you have already done quite a lot in, in your cloud journey. So can you explain a little bit where, where you are today and, and how do you see that evolving in the future? Yeah, so our, our cloud journey started, I would say, more than five years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I know that cloud today is a very hot topic, but, but um, we, we recently looked at it and we have more than 70% of our applications already run in the cloud. Yep. Uh, and the things that do not yet run in the cloud cannot run in the cloud or we still have plans to put them there. That's the, the older ERP systems? Yeah, for instance, the, the, the ERPs, we still have the traditional data center uh, with, uh, with these systems in, in Frankfurt, but we also want to move those applications um, more, more cloud-based. Yeah. Um, the problem there is that they're quite big and there's a lot of interdependencies. So you can't just take one system and move it, then you need to really look at, at the totality. Mm -hmm. um, and it's also a question of economics because a lot of people believe cloud is a lot cheaper, but that's not the case for everything. So, so it, it's it's a balance on 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 yeah across a number of of of, uh, of dimensions, but we have a simple strategy. If it can run in the cloud, it should run in the cloud. So we, we have done uh, yeah a lot of optimizations. We we when we split from Royal Philips, we had more than four thousand applications. Today we have around one thousand. We eliminated our regional data centers. We we had servers on more than one hundred and sixty locations. Uh, today, that that's less than 30% of that. And then where we have still uh, servers on locations, it's most of the time for, for specific uh, manufacturing support. Mm -hmm. uh, but we even start with, for instance, manufacturing execution in the cloud. There we're one of the first customers of SAP who, who is doing that. Mm -hmm. uh, also because then you can, can deploy it a lot, lot faster. So yeah, we have a very strong cloud focus. Also on the business side, uh, our IoT platform, our U, uh, it's all cloud-based, yeah. so we typically use the three main main players, and I think also now starting with with Alibaba. Also, to wow. um, well, you can China is a very big market. There's this thing called the Chinese firewall that makes a number of things difficult running global applications. So that's also something we're starting to look at. Uh, okay, very interesting. Now I know that you you have a lot of experience in your career with ERP. You uh, just told me that in Signify you have um, a couple of ERP systems that are get, getting a little bit older. How, how do you look at the future of, of, of your ERP systems and ERP in general? So we, for, for Signify, without the acquisition, we had two, two systems that were created 25 years ago, but they were always maintained up to the, the right patch level and, and, and uh, release level. In, in two weeks' time, we're getting number three. Um, now, uh, we, we have <coughs> S4. I think the future ERP is, is S4. Um, the only question is, what should you do 
before you do an S4 deployment. Uh, that's also what I told our, our CEO, is that if we continue working the way we are now, we should not change. Mm -hmm. We should really think about what is the company we want to be, what are the processes we want to have, and then look at an S4 uh, uh, deployment. Yeah. And that has a whole range of things. For instance, the product model we have is a product model, it, it's the, the so-called 12NC, where every character has a meaning. There was a time where it had a lot of sense, but today, uh, for instance, we do 3D printing. People can create the, what, what they want to have on the website. Everything becomes unique, and then you don't, don't need to have a structured product model. So there's a lot of things that, that we know we need to address, and, and that's also why now, with, with some of the exercises we're doing, uh, with the process mining, with the, the, the focusing on standardization, it's, yeah, what are the next steps? <clears throat> you also see uh, new business models uh, arising and it, it's only when you have a clear view on all those things that you should think about now we're going to put it in into uh, the next generation ERP. Yeah. Okay let's talk a bit more about data. Uh, you, um, I mean you have a lot of sensors nowadays I can imagine all the all your lights are, are sensor-based you must have a ton of data that's coming in on a daily basis how do you, what are your plans to monetize that? Um, <laughs> yeah, monetization of data is an interesting one. Mm -hmm. um, we have looked, in a way, I was part of, of many discussions also, for instance, with communities and, and, and cities. Uh -huh. If you give it away, everybody wants it. If you ask people to pay for it, it becomes uh, more difficult. So I think data monetization is one thing, but it's more how to use data uh, as a, um, a component of the service mm -hmm. that, that, that you offer. Yeah. Um, and um, then, then, yeah, it, it, it's how you package things. Um, I will not say that we have many ready-made uh, uh, deployments there. There's a lot of things we, we, we are working on. Yeah. Um, but, but really monetizing of data, we're still in the, the, the early uh, phases. So. so the first step is to build services out of the data and then make sure that people start using that and then maybe charge on, on, on top of that. Uh, so for instance, uh, if you use the Interact Office, there are sensors in the lights. Mm -hmm. So basically, you know the presence, you know how many people were in a location, how many people passed. And uh, there was a real estate manager that said, hey, I have a problem because people are complaining that the, the office is full, but I should be able to put 150 people more and people should be okay. And then using the, 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 yeah, the sensor data, <coughs> we um, created some, some, uh, some maps and, and we basically we also helped them then to, to reorganize a few things. And then afterwards, again, with the sensor data, you can, can see what the impact is. Uh, okay. Yeah. Now, Kurt, you have been a CIO now in, in, in several companies, I think in total for at least 15 years in, uh, in your role, just to rub it in a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so you have seen the, the role of the CIO change. So can you uh, paint us a little bit a picture of uh, your view of how the CIO was, the function, the, the, the added value of the CIO was 10 years ago, how it is today, and how do you see this evolving in the future? If you look at, 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 yeah, let's say a few years ago, uh, it was mainly making sure that everything was working mm -hmm. and, and making sure that the business had the right tools to do things. Yeah. I think if you look at it today, it's more looking at what are all the extra things we need to deploy 
to really gain an, an extra advantage. Um, and, and there's a, a lot more focus on, on user experience. Mm -hmm. If you see today, the time we spend on, on the UX versus, let's say, five years ago, five years ago, yeah, you had the sub-GUI and the sub-GUI was the sub-GUI. Yep. Today, we really look at, at uh, creating applications that, that, that flow more naturally, that, that feel okay. Um, I think also the personalization, uh, especially when, when you, you talk about uh, and, and consumers, when they come on the website, that they have a personal journey. Yep. So that has really changed the, the, the focus of, 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 of what you do. It's no longer about making sure you have a tool in which a person can do order entry yep. or, or, or check something, but it's, it's, it's also, it's more about emotion and, and, and that has really uh, uh, changed. I think also uh, what we can do with data, we used to focus on making sure people had their daily report, yep. their weekly report and their monthly report. Now it's, it's really also looking at, at with the advanced analytics on, hey, we have found some patterns here and then seeing how we can help. Um, so, so yeah, you still have things have to run. Mm -hmm. That hasn't changed, but there's a lot more additional focal points that, that, that have come. And how does that, how has that changed your role? I mean, what is, maybe let's look at your agenda. What is, where do you spend most of your time at today, where where is where is your where is your focus today? Well, really <coughs> uh, looking at <coughs> starting up new uh, new ideas, new projects, enhancing. Um, so so that that's yeah, and and then bringing people together, mm -hmm. um, because yeah, you also see more uh, local for local. So something it used to be we have a global solution and everybody has to use it yeah. now it's more the american users wants to have this the european wants to have that but ideally i only want to have one backend system yeah. and it's then 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 uh, that that front layer the look and feel that is different uh, this is is um yeah where, where you spend a lot more time on compared to uh, before i think also there's a lot more marketing it's about showing what is possible, showing what you have done, uh, creating uh, uh, more visibility. Mm -hmm. um, I think before you used to have, this is the portfolio for the year and we execute and we do it well. Now it's more the engagement, what are the priorities, what makes sense and, and creating that visibility. Um. So Kurt, how is the, the collaboration model in Signify between IT and the business, not that it's two different things. I mean, IT is business and, and, and business is IT nowadays, but how, what's your governance, collaboration model, operating model, IT and, and, and business today? So in, in my team, I have what is called business engagement. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a number of, of business partners, IT business partners. Um, for instance, we have the markets. So in, in every management team, I have one person representing IT. Uh, we have the divisions, so we have the three divisions. In every division, I have somebody representing IT. And I also have IT business partners for the function. So there's an IT business partner for finance. There's one for procurement. Because it, it's really important that we sit at the table, that we understand what the challenges are, what the opportunities are, that we can see whether what we have is used in the right way. Mm -hmm where things don't work, what we need to change. And then when we're looking at new things that we can help in the ideation process and not like, oh, but we want to have this and we have seen that on the internet. So can you buy that for us? Um, 
so that whole engagement uh, yeah, has, has been working like that for, for a number of years now. Okay. And do you have a sp specific board to make decisions and, and, and uh, decide on priorities? Yeah, so we uh, used to have an IT board. The IT board is, is most of the leadership team uh, without the CEO and a number of, of people. So now recently um, we are rebranding the IT board to a D Digitech board to really bring digital and IT together. Uh, looking at, at, at priorities, looking at funding, um, really looking at, at the digital roadmap. Uh, so so uh, that, that's also where we have a new CFO since six months. So he's bringing also yeah, a, a number of, of different ways of, of, of having the engagement done in, in the right way. Yeah. Okay. Now you run uh, your uh, IT teams, uh, the, the 400 people over the different um, locations. How would you describe your management style? How do you make sure that your teams are successful? Yeah, so um, I often say when, when everything goes well, we have a total flat organization mm -hmm. uh, and I manage through people. When things don't go well, then, then I step in. Uh, but I, I make sure with the team that it's very clear where we're going. So the, the, the strategy, the procedures, uh, the do's and, and, and the don'ts. Uh, and then there's also, yeah, occasional follow-up whether uh, these these things happen. But it's really making sure it's the the empowerment of of the people. So um, I'm not a fan of micromanagement. I think you need to give people the the authority to do things. Mm -hmm. You also need to give people the possibility to fail one time for a given topic. Okay. Um, um, it's when something happens, I will step. It's my responsibility. I will not blame people. Uh, because, you, yeah, if you start blaming people, if they have made a mistake, then the next time they will not try. And I think you only get innovation and new things if, if you allow people to go outside of their comfort zone and, 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 and mm -hmm. to try things. So. And what kind of leader are you? I mean, let's turn the question around. What do you think your people say about you? How do they perceive your leadership? Um, what, do, what do they say about you when you're not around? <clears throat> well, or even when I'm around, um, it, it's... Um, no, I, I think the, the feedback that, that I care for my team, uh, I really care for people, that I'm open, uh, respectful, uh, but that I also, I think, yeah, encourage the, the... what we are doing, where we are going, the whole strategy, what we have done. Mm -hmm. um, I think people are, are proud to be, uh, to be part of the team. Um, with the reorganization, I, I was in several conversations of, of, of yeah, we have to let go people. That's not an easy thing. Um, I, I, I did a lot of those conversations myself because, again, the team is there, it's my team. Mm -hmm. um, and still, despite the, 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 the bad news that, that you then bring, people said, hey, but I really enjoyed working with this team, I really enjoyed working with you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, the, I think the, the, the people aspect for me is, is, is really very important. Uh, well, that's normal because if we look at your personality profile that you shared with us, you are, uh, we use the Myers-Briggs personality uh, profiles as a common thread in our interviews. Uh, you are an ESFP, also known as the entertainer. Um, so uh, extroverted, observant, feeling and prospecting personality. Typically, people with this uh, personality type, they love vibrant experiences. They engage in life eagerly. 
and they take pleasure in discovering the unknown. And we come to discovering the unknown in your uh, private time in a moment. Uh, they can be very social, often encouraging others to share activities. I'm going to first mention a couple of the strengths of people with this uh, personality profile. And then you tell me if you recognize your, uh, uh, these by yourself uh, and, and which ones stand out for you. So people with this ESFP personality, their strengths are they are bold, original, aesthetics and showmanship, practical, observant, and they have excellent people skills. Does that fit the bill? Do you recognize that? I find the word entertainer a, a, a bit special, but I think the, most of the characteristics you describe, I would say yes, I, I recognize those things, yes. Okay. Now, let's look at the, the shadow side of things, the weaknesses, potential weaknesses of people with this personality profile. They can be very sensitive. Uh, they can be conflict-averse, conflict-averse. So if you have to make a lot of changes in your team, uh, that's not necessarily uh, an, an easy thing, I can imagine. They can be easily bored sometimes. They um, are sometimes poor long-term planners and they can be unfocused. Which one of these do you recognize maybe in the past and have you learned to overcome? Yeah, probably I would say uh, all of them. <laughs> Good. <coughs> um, yeah, taking, yeah. Um, there's always things you don't like that you have to do. Mm -hmm. and, and then yeah, I just learned to make it a point that I do it. I don't let it, let it uh, drag on to, to the last moment because then you know uh, you're going to get yourself in, in, into trouble. Um, I think sensitive, yeah, I do, I, I, it's what I said this morning in the interview. Typically I do interviews with, with, uh, with my heart and my stomach, not with my, okay, yeah, of course you use the brain. Yeah. But when I do interviews for, for people, within five minutes, I have a feeling. And very often, I will not say 100%, but very often I'm, 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 I'm right about that feeling. Um, I definitely do not like making tough decisions. It's like now with the reorganization, more than 180 people, I need to let go. That's a tough one. Yeah. That's a really tough one to do, but it's one we need to do. Mm -hmm. Um, because you also need to see then for the people that stay, we want to have the best working environment with all the opportunities. Uh, it's a tough one. And, and, and as you go through the process, you want to make sure that, that uh, you address all the, 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 the things in an as human way as, as possible. Dealing with all the emotions. Yeah. Uh, I was in calls where people were, were, I will not say shouting at me, but they were blaming me. And, and I say, and you listen and you deal with it. Uh, so I don't necessarily like to do that, but I think it's really important that that uh, uh, that and you how do did, that. How did you learn that? Because that's a skill you had to acquire. Um, well, there, there's I think um, there's two people that from from how to interact with people. Um, it, it's uh, Patrick Thomas. He, he used to be uh, managing a number of divisions at the time at ICI and then Huntsman. Mm -hmm. And then later he was the CEO of Biomaterial Science. So I, I worked more than 10 years with Patrick. And you learned a lot from him. And, and the, way, yeah, the way he engages with people was really... I've seen few CEOs do that. Okay. He knew what he wanted. He got things done, but he was approachable. And, and, and so, so also his communication style. 
Um, and then, then maybe also uh, interesting, uh, another person I learned a lot of from is, is uh, Harley Lovegrove. Yeah. Totally different person, but know you know Harley. Harley is. Uh, so, so yeah, for people that, that don't know Harley, uh, Harley had uh, or has Bayard. So, so he, he, they have uh, <coughs> uh, consultants that, that, that come and I did many projects with Harley in, in different companies. And, and also the way Harley brings things, the way he communicates, the, the, and, and um, yeah, you, you just learn on, on, on what to focus on, yeah. what to see. Uh, and, and really communication is oh so important. But make sure that when you communicate, that you <coughs> communicate in a way that people can understand. Um, recently, the, the, the new CFO also brought uh, a new concept. B basically, uh, we were introducing him what we could do in terms of advanced analytics. Mm -hmm. And it was the Pythons and the R's and, the, and he just went like, whoa, 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 after two minutes, Oma grandmother <clears throat> so when you explain something to me my grandmother should be able to understand and that that just oma the three letters it's really about how do you communicate and and it really makes a big difference if you communicate to people in a way that they can understand or if yeah. you communicate either to too high level or to low level uh, yeah. especially in it that's an especially important skill IT. to, yeah, to yeah, communicate yeah, yeah, yeah. oma yeah. style yeah that's yeah, an, yeah. An, an important one Let's talk about the um, uh, values in your life. What are the, the values that drive uh, you? Uh, I understand you have two sons. What are the values that you have passed on to your sons? What is the legacy that you want to, uh, to leave behind on that level? Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's a bit... Um, I think that, that there's a number of things. I think, first of all, my sons are... One is living in London, the other one is living in, in near uh, Florence. So we, we don't see them a lot anymore, but, but the time we spend together is, is really a, a quality time. Uh, so for me, family is, is, is really important, spending time uh, with family. Uh, and in terms of values, yeah, it's, it's, it's the respect. Mm -hmm. um, that then, yeah, I think also that, that if you want something, you need to work for it. Uh, so it's not because mom and dad have money that they can buy you something that you should just assume that, that you get it. Yeah. Um, so they, they, from the age of 16 in the summer, we, we, they had to work just, just to also learn and, 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 uh, and, and appreciate. Um, I think also, yeah, communication, so they, they, I think one speaks four languages, the other speaks six. Um, um, we have the concept of, of work hard, play hard. So really work hard, but also take the time. Yeah, just 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 to enjoy and do do something else than just just uh, just to work. Uh. You also like international things, no? I mean, you're giving your sons international schools and 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 uh, and, and 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 so on. So that's all. And and you travel a lot yourself. That's also important. I think <coughs> the, the international experience is important. Yes. Uh, so I always said is that whatever they want to do, whatever they want to become. I will support them, um, and 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 uh, also the, the the international aspect. So both of them studied in Spain. Uh, then then the youngest basically studied in in London and, and stayed there. Xen, uh, the eldest, studied in in Spain. Then he had the opportunity to do a professional go karting for two years, and then he finished his studies in in, in Florence, and then he stayed there. Mm -hmm. um, so, so yeah, I, I really, 
if you look at, we have this, this, this uh, globe where they indicate. So they have been in more countries than, than I have. Wow. Uh, I think I currently have 49 and they have 52 or something like that. So, so it's a comp- it sounds like a it's competition. It's not a competition. It's just that they're proud that they have been in, in, in more countries than, than, uh, than I have. Uh, because I, I think it's really an experience, and, and even from the age of, of 16, like the youngest was going to India, to South Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just, 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 just to explore and learn. Uh, personally, um, uh, th- there's this saying that, that your life is a book, and if you don't travel, you don't write any page. Because it's through experience to meeting new people that, that you also enrich your, 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 yourself. So, uh, yeah, in, in normal times, <clears throat> I like the desert. So normally I like to go at least once a year to the desert, but then really go, go in, stay in for nine days and, and, and only come back out. Yep. Uh, I've done Morocco, Algeria, uh, done several uh, rounds in, in, in Tunisia. And you have something with cross-country motorbikes, yeah, and, motorbikes. and cars? <clears throat> and, um... So... Um, we did uh, Nepal on a, on a water bike, 10 days. Uh, but then really the, the mud roads, the rocky roads, the sand, <coughs> because it's, it's an incredible way of learning to know a country. Some people go to a five-star hotel and then they do an excursion, an excursion to a, a public place. Yeah. We want to live it, we want to, 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 to feel it. Um, it's like if we... If you drive to Algeria for 500 kilometers, you're escorted by four uh, armed policemen with a machine gun. So even if you want to go for a natural break, they, they come. And it's things that, that you have to live it to, 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 to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also all the experiences. So we had, uh, yeah, unfortunately, we had uh, the car broke down. And uh, so we then slept for, for, I think, four nights under the stars at minus seven. It's an experience, mm-hmm. um, and, and yeah, it just just enriches everything that 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 you do, uh, and and also what is important, that's also what I, I do with my team is that I want people to take holiday where they disconnect. I even offer people to block their account for two weeks or three weeks I so that they can't work. Uh, I also do that myself. The two weeks or the three weeks, it's not for for smaller holidays, but. Every year, I want to have two weeks where I don't do email, you where disconnect. I don't talk. I, I just totally disconnect. Now, of course, the best way is the desert, because then once you're 50 kilometers in, none of the, no the gadgets work anymore. Um, and okay, satellite telephone you only use for emergencies, but I think it's really important that <coughs> mentally you can can disconnect and and, and recharge. Yeah. Okay. Do you have a, a personal mantra? A saying and, and, and a principle that guides you in your life? Yeah, it's a number of, of them. It's the, the work hard, play hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's this, this famous saying from, uh, from James Dean. A dream as if you will live forever, but live as, as you only have today. Okay. Uh, I think the one about the book. Life is a book and if you don't travel, you don't write any, any pages. So I don't just have one. It's yeah. really, and there's also the Carpe Diem. Uh, then, because I have a defender, is the one life live it. So it's all about making sure that you do other things than just work. Work is really important. You need to enjoy work because if you, if you work and you don't enjoy it, that also is, isn't good. But there's some there's life next to work. 
So it, it sounds like you're very conscious that we only have one life. Yeah. Okay. And that drives you to, uh, to live life to the fullest. Well, Mama, you, you <clears throat> um, in, in the last, I think, 18 months, I lost a number of colleagues that were younger than myself. Wow. And then you really start, uh, you, okay, you, you alluded to the age a few times. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, life, life is pressure and, and, and uh, you can work every day until you're 65. But if then something happens, you haven't really lived. Uh, so yep. it's finding the right balance. And, and I think certainly with COVID, the days is a lot more intense and the days are, are definitely not shorter. Yep. But you need to compensate uh, from time to time. Now, we all learn from all the experiences that we, um, that we have in life. And in many cases, we learn most from, from our failures, from bad things that happen to us. Could you share with us, uh, Kurt, what is your most brilliant failure that you have ever done? I, <clears throat> I know you gave me some time to think about that one. And, and I, it's really a, a difficult um, one to, 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 to answer. But w one thing that, that uh, is, uh, yeah, I like driving uh, off-road and um, at the time I used to have a Jeep Wrangler I don't have that car anymore and when we were coming down from a June I had gave the wrong instructions to my wife um, and we nearly flipped over um, so <clears throat> that but then then in the end um, then I made a mistake you could say of of uh, giving her the trust back to drive because of course I like to drive but yeah. then then if you're two in a car it's 50 50 um, so maybe this one qualifies uh. okay what is it that you love most in your life and what is it that you fear most um, I think fear I think is the only thing you can't control very or, or yeah you can control it to a certain degree is your health mm -hmm. uh, if if, if uh, I see that. I mean, my father has a, a disease and it's taking, he's not, not able to do certain things anymore. So, so this is like, yeah, will this happen to me or not? And I will not be able to, do, to travel anymore. And, yeah. and, and, and that's a bit, I'm, I'm not afraid of, of work. I'm not afraid of, 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 of many things. Um, yeah, what I love, I love to live. I love to enjoy. <clears throat> I love to work hard. I love to do things. I love to spend time with my family, and I also love to 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 have the occasion for doing yeah new 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 challenging stuff uh, with a little bit of of, of danger added to yeah. it. Uh, You're even overdoing in golf playing, I understand. Yes, so that was um, one of the things is, is that the, I have a, a brain that is very active, so that's also why I like driving in the desert because you need to be focused. Um, so finally, I, I started learning uh, golf, yeah. um, and I had the lessons, and, and yeah, it was was one of those evenings. So I was at the drive range, and um, yeah, I think I did a. It's with a. It, it's a. It's an automated. So you hit the ball, and the ball comes out. The next ball comes out, and the next ball comes out, and um, yeah, I think I did about 150 balls in in 30 minutes, and uh, my rib said. So you injured your rib by overdoing in, in yeah. golf practice. Yes, okay. yes. So, um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. 
Otherwise, when you do something, you need to yeah, go for it. Go so, for it, that's clear. Yeah. Play, uh, like you said, work hard, play hard. It's yeah. a certain, yeah. definitely your, one of your most important mantras, I would yeah. say. Yeah. Now, Kurt, um, the last question uh, of this interview. Um, many young people uh, are watching these, uh, these interviews. And uh, several of them have the ambition to also become a top CIO in a, in, in a global corporate. What would your advice be to these young people? Uh, what is uh, it that you have learned? What is the experience that you can share with them so that they also can build a nice career like yours? Uh, I think it's, it's be eager to learn, mm -hmm. take opportunities as they come. Uh, even if you take, take opportunities as you think, hey, this is, will take me a, a, a step back or, or, or into a, a, a different direction. Uh, what I see also with, with young people is that be patient. And you have people that they come in and, and five years later they want to be senior vice president. It doesn't work like that. So yep. give yourself time uh, to, 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 uh, uh, to learn and, and, and to grow. I think what is very important is also respect. Even if you are brighter, even if you are faster, respect the people you work with. Mm -hmm. um, and and <clears throat> yeah, really don't try to force anything. And you have people that says, I want to do this, this and this. No, just, just go with the flow, enjoy, learn. Uh, if I look at my career, I compared to what I, I studied quantitative economics and I was quite good at the numeric things. Mm -hmm. Um, in, I, I've carried around reports, I've installed laptops, I've done DBA work, I've done all kinds of things, but I learned and I enjoyed it and I, 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 I grew up and I took every opportunity that was thrown to me. Um, sometimes you need to take risks, but also don't risk too much, but make sure that you enjoy what you do because you spend a lot of time at work, so you really need to enjoy what you do. Okay, and with that advice, Kurt, I would like to thank you for your time and for sharing your experiences, your vision uh, and uh, with, with everybody here. So um, it was a pleasure meeting you and a, and a pleasure doing a, a real live interview again after oh, yes. all this time. Yeah. Thank okay. you so much. I was so happy to be here, Hendrik. Thank you. Thank you.